1: Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 25th of September, 2014. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And uh, we uh, have an apparent announcement to make, it would seem. Um, well, it's not our announcement. But uh, Dave, one of, your, one of your employees, just before we went to air, passed a... Uh, a tweet from Matt Cuts to us it was um tweet was pretty amazing it was dated on the 24th of uh of September 12:01 a.m. and it was the first tweet that Matt Cuts has made on SEO in weeks yeah and uh he's taking the time it appears Matt Cuts is back he's made um Several tweets on SEO since then. Um, but he used his, the opportunity to do his very first tweet on SEO since going away on vacation all those months ago to, um, well, to, uh, to troll black hats. <laughs> <laughs> That's yep. Matt is uh, focusing again on black hat SEOs. The tweet read Black Hat SEO fads. Like walking into a dark alley packed with used car salesmen who won't show you their cars. And he references an article over at Search Engine Land. Um, Google targets sites using private blog networks with manual action ranking penalties. uh, Written (coughs) by, of course, Barry Schwartz on September 23rd, the day before. So, as of yesterday, 12.01 a.m., it appears Matt Cutts is back in the building. Yeah,
2: it's good to uh, good to have him back. We'll we'll see what role he ends up uh, he ends up taking. There's some interesting stuff we're going to be covering later in the show. Um, that's showing some some pretty sizable moves on Google's part here in the absence of Matt. Leading me to the question: Hey, is Matt coming back because of some huge things they're doing, or is Matt going to be coming back into a different role because they're still doing huge? Uh, but fundamentally different things, and, and we'll be talking about a couple of patents later on and stuff. But we got a bunch of fun, fun news coming up right now.
1: Yeah, well, okay. again, I think the the news that Matt cuts us back, that's great. But, uh, you know, we, we talk about Matt frequently on the show. We talk about Barry Schwartz frequently on the show. But you know what we love talking about on this show? I don't know why, but it's just, you know, become our – it's like the Rob Ford of, like, the tech world. Uh, Yahoo! <laughs> um in a strange twist of numbers this is like hard to believe of course it's totally believable in a strange weird ass twist of numbers for a time this week yahoo was technically worthless at least on paper <laughs> I- i'm gonna
2: let you explain this
1: I-, okay. I love it okay here's how this goes down okay and like uh you got to follow me for a sec here. It's kind of a convoluted story, but this is Yahoo, so this just sort of happens. I, before I begin, I want to remind people that when I began my career, Yahoo was the big purple monster. It was like the search tool. It, it, it was everything on the web was Yahoo, and everything led back to Yahoo, when they had such great plans. And they still exist. They're still there. One of the world's largest content networks. But, okay, here's how this goes. Yahoo was technically worthless this week. Now, Yahoo owned a significant part of the Chinese e-commerce merchant space, Alibaba.
0: hmm
1: Alibaba is in fact a spin-off from Yahoo. Uh, Yahoo sent one of its engineers, uh, Chinese national Jack Ma, to um, Beijing back in like two thousand and six, 2005 to you know start up. Yahoo in uh, in China. What he ended up with was a company called Alibaba, which was uh, Im- immensely immediately successful because it opened a marketplace where um, people could you know trade their manufactured or personally made goods. Um, well, Alibaba issued its first IPO Friday, September the nineteenth. I tell you, after we went off air, because had this been on a Thursday, we'd have had so much fun with it. Oh yeah. <laughs> shares, shares started at 68 bucks. Within hours, they uh, rose by a third up to 99 bucks. So Yahoo's share of Alibaba, owned about 16, 16 to 20% of it, was worth around $36 billion. So, I mean, like, uh, uh, immediately they sold some of their shares, going down from the 20 to 16%, so, um, to, to get a, a quick windfall. But the thirty-six billion that they that 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 they had that was you know in, in Alibaba shares was worth more than Yahoo's market valuation, which had immediately decreased by about ten percent, and Yahoo's cash on hand, which was significantly increased when they sold some of their Alibaba shares. So technically, Yahoo as a company was worth less than the cash it had in the bank. Which is a precarious place for any company to be when you think about it.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, like I mean, I'm sure all of our listeners, I certainly get. We can all see why that's ridiculous, Uh, you know. And and I'm going to give it. I've seen a lot of weird things going with uh, going on with tech stocks. I've seen a lot of overvaluations. You know, I mean, I've ranted about this enough times on our like I don't know three hundred and 80, 90 odd shows you know combined to the two shows we've done here but um, this is the the first time that I have ever seen a tech stock sit all of a sudden have its assets increase and its share prices go down heck I've seen the reverse happen where it starts losing money and its shares are going up I have never seen a company gaining in its in its asset values and, and still have the shares drop.
1: Well, Yahoo's yeah, the weirdest thing, okay? If you look at its stock graph, it looks like it got hit with, like, a panda penalty. <laughs> um, 11 days ago, on the 15th of September, it reached its 52-week trading highs, somewhere in the $43 range. Mm-hmm. And then fell sharply after, after last Friday's IPO. Mm-hmm. It's now trading in the, uh, like, I, like I said earlier, it's trading in the 37.17 range. Yeah, 17 thirty-seven, seventeen-ish right now. But Yahoo's not completely dead. Like you, you, you were saying, Dave. You've seen like incredible, absurd, insane overvaluations, and I'm going to suggest that in many ways Yahoo is consistently an insane undervaluation, except for one reason, which I'll get to at the end. Okay. Okay. But compared to its closing price a year ago, Yahoo's share price has increased by thirty-eight. 38, 39% um, over the performance of other tech stocks, similar tech stocks in the same time frame. There's been value in Yahoo, and investors have seen that value, mostly because they knew that Alibaba was there. Um, But again, in relation to similar stocks, Yahoo's share price has has actually been increasing at a um, remarkable rate. Its operating cash flow has increased by almost 10% when compared to the same quarter in 2013. Um, It's got an operating cash flow of like $360 million. Mm -hmm. It's still growing faster than similar companies. Right. Its profit margin is really high. 83.1%. 83.1%. 83.1%. It is making money on paid ads. It's making money on access to MSN's network. It's making money on display ads. It is completely favorable when looking at it compared to similar companies, although similar companies like Google or or MSN or um, Facebook and Amazon are much, much larger. They actually touch their their customers more. Yahoo is a sound company and it remains, as we've said for years, one of the largest content networks in the world. It's a smart investment, except investors are afraid that Yahoo's management is just going to piss it all away, right. It's maddening.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, doesn't that really say something, though, right? Like that, that's, that they have so little confidence in the leadership that in spite of economics that show consistent growth. And I mean, you, you know, you're bringing up some great numbers there where, you know, as far as, as an investment goes, really, there, there'd be some decent arguments that, in, in many cases and in some ways. Yahoo would be a better investment for investors than even Google. Right. I mean, you know, as far as annual increase, you know, percentage increase of of revenue here. So what does that really say about the management uh, when, in spite of everything looking the way it is, investors look and go, yeah, I really don't trust them to not screw this up? (laughs) It
1: could mean a couple of things. I mean, do you know what Yahoo is off the top of your head? I mean, you're a search expert. Do you know what Yahoo is? I don't exactly.
2: No, I, I don't think anybody does. I think we all kind of look and go, yeah, they got a lot of content.
1: Yeah, and it's a series of tools, right, of a sort. But like, what is it? Google, we can say Google's the preeminent search engine, right? Um, same with Bing. Bing is an extraordinarily credible search engine, right? We can define it. We know what that beast is. Yahoo has uh, a really bad public narrative. Um, I don't know what the story on Yahoo is. And the only story I do know makes me want to ridicule it whenever I tell it. Because it's one of consistently finding itself in an awkward position. <laughs> um, they haven't defined what the company is and what direction they want to take it in. And I remember in a date. I remember like like 18 months ago when Marissa Mayer took the helm and you and I were awestruck by. The decision to give, you know, one of the most accomplished and intelligent tech movers and shakers in Silicon Valley history. I mean, it's it's a relatively short history, mind you, like 50 years. But Marissa Mayer is one of the most accomplished people involved in Silicon Valley ever. And she hasn't been able to do much more than a facelift. To the company. I think nope. so that's what it seems from an outsider's perspective anyway.
2: Oh, I, I completely agree. And I'm, I'm guessing all of our listeners are too. Um, you think about it, you know, what? Are, are there even parts of Yahoo you use outside of finance? I, I can't say I do.
1: <laughs> um, well, here's the thing. You know what? I bet you I do and I don't know it. Well, I, I, I absorb media all day long. I read and I read and I read and I read. It's how, you know... That's how I stay so fresh. Um, <laughs> I'm positive I come across Yahoo content frequently in the day, and I don't even know it.
2: Yeah, you know, you, you that is that is correct. Yeah, you're you're very right. Uh, and I mean, you know,
1: <laughs> I'm kind of like supposed to be in tune to this sort of thing. And there's your problem with Yahoo. <laughs> like, there's no narrative. Um, I think. Uh, uh, one of my favorite characters from uh, the the British version of House of Cards, Francis Urquhart, d- uh, describing a lesser politician says said he has no bottom, he has no story to him. Well, that's Yahoo.
2: Yeah, no, that's Yahoo. What, I mean, and, and the only story I can think of involving <laughs> Yahoo involves me chuckling a little bit at the end. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so there we are. Um,
3: But now, don't you think, well, can I mention, I mean, what it looks like Yahoo's trying to do is just trying to be, like you said, I mean, I don't know how much value is coming right now for those in business of business or in search, because it is trying to push themselves towards entertainment and more into, you know, more into pop culture. I mean, their sports is actually quite, you know, pretty competitive when it comes to ESPN. You know, they're bringing on entertainment programming like they took over, what, the entire library of Saturday Night Live, and they're bringing it on. They're trying to create their own original programming. They have quite a big entertainment portal that they pushed a few years ago and has been pretty big. I mean, their fantasy football is comparable to what ESPN or CBS does. That's that's where they're making their – that's where their money is coming from. It's not so much, you know, Microsoft or anybody else. And this all goes
1: back to the time of um, one, one of the vice presidents of Yahoo, a guy who was called Hollywood Lloyd Lloyd Braun. Um, he was a, a a television executive that uh, Yahoo brought on in the uh, early um, in two thousand November two thousand and four. He started up uh, something called the Yahoo Media Group and opened up an office in Los Angeles, tried to woo the studios and the TV networks. This is before the fragmentation of the TV networks, by the way, the olden days, Um, like 10 years ago. Um, He tried to woo the entertainment industry towards Yahoo, um, but America still hadn't settled its last mile in delivering high-speed internet to a critical mass of users across the nation. Um, That wouldn't happen until 2006, 2007. So what Yahoo was trying to do was a couple years before its time, but it verticalized itself into all those categories you were just talking about, Brasco, around that time. Again, that goes back to, again, a decade ago, when Yahoo tried to make a move into infotainment and... um, I I think it failed because it was doing it too soon, um, and the world just wasn't ready to accept the feed. I don't know what would have happened had, um, had most American homes had broadband internet. Um, Netflix might have turned out to be quite different.
3: Jim, can I tell you, when we do research for this show and I bring up topics that I pitch to you guys that I suggest, when I have to look for Yahoo on Twitter alone – I have to go through just all their own content to find anything that's search related or anything that's just marketing related I just can't find it because it's all their own content that's all you know with their logo on there and it's all plastered in purple and it's whatever entertainment content they choose to put out there so they're out there themselves but I don't know how many people are talking back about them at all well you know there's
1: one company in the industry that we're all really familiar with, that Yahoo, re- the, Yahoo's business model reminds me of. And this company, I think, is trying to be what Yahoo is, and that's AOL. They're a content network as well. Yep. And that's, I mean, it's, it's all about creating real estate to put billboards on. Uh, AOL enough, you didn't post to <laughs> that remarkably well. Um, and again, like, Brasco, you're going through all this content that's branded Yahoo this, Yahoo that, Yahoo this, Yahoo that. What's a great Yahoo standout property?
3: I think uh, the fantasy uh, football AOL's is. Got their
1: Huffington Post. They're defining what they are. Yahoo, you know, they are working in conjunction with Microsoft, in conjunction with ESPN, in conjunction with uh, the Financial Times, etc. But who are they?
3: They're almost more like an aggregator than anything else.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. (laughs) Indeed. So um, I think Marissa, like, must owe us some consultancy fees by now. (laughs) 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 And uh, we'll let her calculate that check over the next couple of minutes while while we earn our fees. Friends, uh, you're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Joined by Dave, as always, by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. It's the 25th of September. We're going to be back after these messages.
0: Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. BubbleFast burst onto the e-commerce scene as a family-owned shipping supply provider back in 1999. The product line has grown, but Mark and Robin still own and operate BubbleFast as a family business. Being sellers themselves has taught them what online sellers need to safely and affordably deliver their products to their customers. BubbleFast is proud to be an active member of the community of online sellers. Mark and Robin sponsor seller meetup groups, share shipping tips and tricks through social media, and always love talking to customers and helping solve shipping challenges. Check out the website at BubbleFast.com sign up for the bubble briefs newsletter to join the bubble fast family use promo code wmr to get a five percent discount or call mark and robin at 877 7447 happy shipping from mark and robin at bubble fast oh yeah my day is done time for happy hour you're already done for the day Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs.
3: Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be
0: smart. Go to
3: CertifiedKnowledge.org now.
0: Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, Off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the host Jim Hedger and Dave Davies.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 25th of September, 2014. It's autumn, it's fall, it's almost winter, my goodness. And uh, where are we going to go? We're going to talk about Google. Yeah, let's talk about Google. That's always fun to talk about. Sure. So uh, remember remember what we said earlier in the program that Matt cuts his back and he's, like, taunting black hats? Yep. Yeah, well, here's what he's taunting them about. Um, Matt is just taking great delight at, at Google going after blog networks. Now, this time, they're going after a different type of blog network uh, called private blog networks or... PBNs. Now you got to follow me here through all the FUD while well, I start talking about PBNs, okay? Mm-hmm. FUD, fear, uncertainty, and... What was the D again? FUD, uh, fear, uncertainty, and um, dickery? D- douchebaggery. 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 There we go. Right. <laughs> um, okay, so... Um, private blog networks are pretty uh, transparent in the whole we're a spammer thing, Okay. They're not really made for the public. They're... um, The description given in uh, Search Engine Land in an article written by... um, Oh, by Barry Schwartz. What a surprise. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) oddly enough. Um, Barry amazes me, honestly. It blows me away. Anyway, um, they're generally groups of blogs or sites that are controlled by one publisher with the goal of building up links within a network as a way of helping particular content rank better in google so you got this network of scraper blogs okay mm-hmm. and they just pull they're either scraping content or they're using like art uh, really rudimentary artificial intelligence to paste mostly coherent sentences together they're not promoted in any way they're all linked together and stuff, but nobody's going out on social media or Facebook trying to get visitors to come over or trying to really even share content from these blogs with the private world. They only exist as a means of link exchange. Right. So, oddly enough, Google considers this to be thin content. Really? That's yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a definition, there's a definition of thin content, crap that was produced, um, that really doesn't say anything. That's simply there to provide a space for a link in a network of PBNs. Not trying to create any uh, fear, uncertainty, or douchebaggery, but I'm, what is it? It's going to bug me to least stand for. Dis- doubt! doubt. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> doubt. That's it. Fear, uncertainty, and douchebaggery, and doubt. Funded <laughs> <it>. Like Elder <laughs> funded it. Um, okay, so Google is going after not one not two not three but dozens maybe hundreds maybe thousands they actually aren't saying exactly how many but we can assume it's more than one of these private blog networks so um if you you know go to Google webmaster tools you look under manual actions and you see a note reading Thin content with little or no added value. This site appears to contain a significant percentage of low-quality or shallow pages, which do not provide users much added value, such as thin affiliate pages, cookie-cutter sites, doorway pages, automated generated content, or copied content. Learn more. You've probably been uh, somehow part of a private blog network that Google has attacked most recently. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So how does this happen? We'll talk about what you got to do about it in a second. But how does this happen to people, Dave? Like, you get you get clients who had no idea two years ago, three years ago. Like, one of their webmasters thought it'd be a good idea to sign up for this like promotion plan, and everyone forgot about it later because, like, why remember it, right?
2: And this is what happens. Well and 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 here's thing I mean there's there's two ways. you know you you've been, you've been doing link stuff long enough I've been doing link stuff long enough I mean here's here's a good call for a remember what you did yeah <laughs> like, you notes know, kids mean, we only really? do that but here's here's another another angle I I would I would say hey you know something you need to be considering anyway is or, or, what I would ask is, if you look and go, Hey, who's getting hit right now? I would bet you know for stuff that they did two three years ago, I would bet you dollars to donuts, whatever that actually means um the what you're going to see is it's people who did those things two, three years ago, and then nothing since and and what I'd be interested in knowing is if you did these and and just haven't had a chance to to look this up yet um if you did those things two three years ago, but you know what, you you, you stayed with it, you stayed, you know, up to date, um, you know, and sort of we're keeping up on like had a link acquisition pattern that was showing some goodness right now. Would it have still bit you in the butt? Um, and I'm going to go out there on a limb and say, unless you did it in a large amount, uh, you know, it probably wouldn't have. You know that that as a percentage, yes, you're still going to have some crappy links, but as a percentage of your overall profile, uh, you might skate by. Sure. So don't stop link building is what I'm saying. (laughs) Oh, no, indeed. Oh, no, no. Yeah, link building good. Link building good. Link (laughs) scheming bad. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's where these things are coming in because you hit on something that I think is – is, is a, a brilliant point that people need to consider is you can't just look at what am I doing hey I'm not doing anything wrong you bring up a really important point yeah but what did you do two or three years ago you know pull up some tools take a look at your backlinks and actually look at it as if this you know on a day one you know here's what I have not here's what I've done recently kind of angle
1: well yeah and indeed it's. I've come across cases and this, this, this doesn't go in every case but I've come across cases where we've had no idea why there's been a penalty applied. Every, everything that could have, have been worked on has been worked on. Mm-hmm. Everything you could possibly see has been worked on. And then somebody goes, well, why don't we just expand the parameters and look a little bit further back? And then we find it. And it's like, wow. Um, and then there's always somebody who comes along and says, well, we've always been doing it that way. And it's never been a problem before. <laughs> well, now it is. What do you want me to do about that? Like, um, <laughs> I've always uh, driven really fast and never hit anything before. Who put that deer in the middle of the road? Right. Like, what do you shoot? It's 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 a big frustration because um, people get comfortable with the way they've been doing stuff, or again, something that they hadn't even known had been done. Right. And now that this involves a hell of a lot of cleanup work, we've always been doing it this way, and it's never been a problem. Toots, please. Um, I got this one This one new client. Um, they uh, they sell sweaters, okay? Ugly sweaters. Okay, I know what you're I'm, talking about. I'm going to talk a lot about these guys in the future, or right? at least I'm going to talk about them on Facebook and Twitter. Maybe not on this show, because it's not terribly cool to push clients. So I'm not going to give the URL out, but... Um, they got involved in some really absurd link schemes, but then again, they have, they sell a pretty obscure product. Um, the ugliest possible Christmas sweaters you can, you can, they're, I mean, they're, they're vile, man. They're gross. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know my. You, you Remember my, remember that purple Hawaiian shirt I used to wear?
2: <laughs> I did. Worse yeah. than that. Wow. Like. An yeah. abomination for the eyes is what you're saying. Okay. Anyway,
1: so it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a silly product. One that sells well, but it's a silly product, okay? So I guess when they were starting, they took it seriously because they're business people, but not as seriously as they might other products because, I mean, like, who doesn't want an ugly Christmas sweater, right? Right. Um, and they got involved in this Link thing. And this was back in, like, 2011. And they, were doing, they, did, they did fine last Christmas. They did fine the Christmas before, but leading up to this Christmas, they'd just been tanking. So we took a look, and we went all the way back to, like, you know, uh, 2011 to find the problem. And, uh, I, mean, I mean, there was a few other problems, too, but this was the biggie. This really bad link network they'd gotten involved in, and everyone had forgotten about. Right. Anyway, so, you know, like you said, Dave, write stuff down. <laughs>
2: For God's sake, take notes. Write down. Well, and I mean the the thing. What it is just it's either ignorance or or laziness. Um, you know, and, and ignorance I can't blame. You know, I, mean, I don't expect business owners to know to you know fire into you know majestic and webmaster tools and this and that and pull your backlinks. And yeah, you know, this is not ignorance in like the evil use of the word ignorance. It's you have no reason to know this piece of information. Right? like I'm ignorant of many accounting things. That's why I have an accountant, right? My um, you question: know,
1: Why someone should have an SEO?
2: Well, this this is exactly sort of, the, or at least you know, maybe touch base with one every now and then, or just remember, you know, learn it yourself. But you can't remain ignorant. Is even if you can't write it down. I mean, you know, there is negative SEO, and I know there's some debates about whether it. Let me tell you, <laughs> I've seen it firsthand. I know that it it it. Exists and it is effective. Um, I've had it, an attack on one of our clients. It was highly effective. It took forever to get them out. Um, was, by the way, was it
1: highly organized and, and, and smartly executed? It, well, it worked. <laughs> I mean, so. you, you don't to like the guy. I'm not, I'm not asking you to compliment him, but uh, I'm of the opinion that like really disorganized negative SEO is going to get caught. But if you really know what you're doing and you do it over a period of time, oh, yeah. You'll
2: totally you know, get they, they had it down to an art form. Okay. Um, it was, it was, I mean, it was easy to detect once you knew to look for it, but it didn't spike link graphs or something to make, you know, to look for it. So it was, it was quite smart. Well, um, about but the you know, you those are exactly damage done, what, right? Pardon? Well, exactly. I mean, and it were, and then our, you know, and the client was out of the index for, you know, a good couple months while we repaired it. Right. So it worked not forever, but you know, in a lot of cases they would have, the, the person might not had, they not had an SEO, um, you know, they wouldn't have even known to deal with it. Right. I mean, and, and you hit those spots and that's where you just need to set that schedule. And you might not. There may be stuff from your past you you don't know exists or you've forgotten about. There may be stuff that's going on that you just don't even know, either a negative attack or just scrapers or something. You need to use, you know, some tools. You need to pull your backlinks, at least from Webmaster Tools, and you need to review them. Let's say every year, just because, you know, people don't know. I, I would highly recommend more often than that. But, um, you know, but people people don't. And, and and that's sort of where this comes in, where they forgot about this thing a couple of years ago. Well, if you've been reviewing it, you would have remembered like you. Or even if you didn't remember, you would have known it was there.
1: Yeah, you're going to have to settle the rest of the show, Dave. I'm going to go right up Digital Always Media's new annual site tune-up service. <laughs> That's a really good idea, actually. That's a brilliant business
2: idea. <laughs> just, just an annual, hey, it's January 1st. You know, here's, here's, here's what to do. Well, you uh, know, if you don't
1: take your website in for an annual checkup, then you're an idiot, right? That's what right? I've heard anyway. You do
2: it for your car, which one earns you more money? That's right. Yeah, which is more complicated, your website or your car? Come on. <laughs> okay, we got to
1: move along, Dave. Um, you sent me while we were while we were on air. You sent over a um a notice from Webmaster World. Um, problems in Linux, Unix, and the Nix and you know Nix
2: esque operating systems. Yes, um, it's pretty big. I walked in this morning to um, a notice from our hosting provider. Um, you know, VPS.net. If anybody's caring, which host sent it out? But um, what this pertains to uh, for for people here, and, and we're going into a level of coding and nerdiness that goes beyond me, right? Or, or or anything I can help with. I managed to fix it because my my hosting provider, you know, provided the instructions on on how to do it. So, anyways, there is a massive and critical security hole with Unix and Linux right now. Um, it's in Bash. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not going to get into all the details. If you run – here's the solution. If you are running on a shared environment, you need to check with your hosting provider. They're probably addressing it on Twitter or Facebook or wherever. Make sure that they're on it. Uh, if you're on a VPS or dedicated and you're not managed – um, then you 're going to have to do it yourself, which is the situation I found myself in, which is totally fine. This is how I forced myself to learn um, anyways, Your host will be happy to provide you with the instructions i couldn 't even repeat it on the phone the like okay, go into the command line, enter all this, and it 'll update you know for you and here 's how to test whether it 's been updated or not. Um, but you need to contact your hosting provider, make sure that you 're updating it so if you 're on a Vps Um, Or dedicated, you're probably unmanaged, you're gonna have to do it yourself. It's a critical issue. You need to address it. Um, And if uh, you're on a shared, you're gonna wanna make sure that your host is addressing it. It doesn't impact everybody, but just get your server updated and make sure it doesn't impact you.
1: Um, And just so our listeners know, if you've been affected by this problem, you probably don't know you've been affected by it.
2: No, Uh, um indeed. And there's a a great write up over at ZedNet right now, too. Um, oh. Covering it, and it's sort of showing um, you know, some sort of screenshots. Here's how I know um, it affects me. And the thing is, your environment may be different. The tests I had to run looked different on the terminal than this one because I was running a different version of Linux. So you can't expect to see exactly what's on the guy's screen, but it'll it'll look like that, and he does a good job of explaining it.
1: Well, as, uh, as I understand it really quickly, the flaw, uh, re- again, just reading from Webmaster World, The flaw involves how Bash evaluates environment variables uh, with specially crafted variables. A hacker can use this hole to execute shell commands, which means he's rendered your server uh, vulnerable to pretty much anything.
2: And that's the level, and that's why it's being called critical, is, yeah, basically, if they can exploit it, your entire server is made available, basically.
1: Yeah, so, uh, I mean, this isn't like having um, a couple computers as part of a botnet. This is having, like, a web server. Right. Which has a little more heft than a, uh, than, than a couple computers connected by a, a cable account. Just a touch. Um, okay, we needed to get that out. That's a public service announcement. Oh, and uh, in translation for our American listeners, uh, Dave Davies was referring to ZDNet. Oh, right. <laughs> up, here, up here we can pronounce it ZNet because, of
2: course, it's pronounced ZNet. ZD, right? ZNet. <laughs> right.
3: Do they pronounce it ZNet
2: or ZDNet? I don't know. We'll find that out during the commercial break. Yes, someone will tell
1: us, no doubt. Speaking of commercial breaks, now's about a good time to take one. Um, On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm on the 25th of September, 2014. Stick around. We're coming back with more googly goodness after these messages.
0: Sit tight and dove. Webcology will be back after this short break.
3: I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition.
0: To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to That's RADIO two two one six nine one for Moby Mantis. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is authoritylabs.com. Commercial's off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. You're the host, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone.
1: Welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. This is a very confused Jim Hedger uh, and a hopefully slightly less confused Dave Davies you see studio's messing with us (laughs) okay so um, the final pronouncement is the studio says
2: ZD net and Dave's just assuming they mean ZD yeah I I think Brasco's trying to screw with us there but I also asked Christine
1: (laughs) ah well if if anyone would know ZD net which sounds like CD net which is what the net mostly is so that works (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so remember that guy Eric Schmidt, the
2: adult in the room at Google before he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've heard of the guy. I've heard of him somewhere. I mean, that's a, that's an apt description of him. Is
1: the adult in the room at Google who until he wasn't? Like, that that's that, that's him, right? Yeah. Okay, so Eric Schmidt is still the uh, uh, chairman of uh, the executive chairman at Google,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and. uh He's the former CEO of Google. He was brought in by um, Larry and Sergey uh, back in uh, 2004, 2005, really because they did need a, a more mature business executive to help them learn to become mature business executives on their own so that they can make great decisions like Google+. Um, okay, I, I shouldn't slag Larry and Sergey. They did, after all, make the most important uh, information tool in the history of humankind and all. But, uh, anyway, um, and I shouldn't say Eric too much ex- because he was in charge of the most significant information tool in the history of humankind, but he just keeps putting his foot in it. So like, what are you going to do? Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Eric Schmidt, um, besides being CEO of Google and the adult in the room and now being chair of the Google board or, uh, yeah, the, the executive chairman of Google, um, he first stepped into uh, trouble with the media back in two thousand and four, five, or six, when he uh, told people they had nothing to worry about privacy-wise when it came to search results. Okay. He was probably the first public figure to be doxed on the web, <laughs> which is—I mean—pretty much what happened. I'm struggling to remember who did it. It's funny; I, I knew the journalist who did this to him too, um, and I can't remember who it was exactly. Um, but she published all of this private information, which she found through Google. Um, which she totally found through Google. The name just about came back to me. And She's a friend of Webmaster Radio. We've had her on the air before, and it's just escaping me. Sarah Lacey did it. Sarah Lacey basically doxed Eric Schmidt by um, finding all this private information on Google and publishing it after he told the world that they had nothing to worry about privacy-wise. He was, he was quite angry. So angry, in fact, that she got banned from Google for over a year. Um, they just wouldn't talk to her. And uh, Schmidt didn't say anything stupid in public again until he went out <laughs> and said... You know, Stuff! that was kind of right. right. <laughs> um, until he went out and said something along the lines of you got nothing to worry about privacy-wise when it comes to Google. After um, Google was uh, 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 found to be... Um, What's the right word cooperating or colluding with um, various acronyms? Um, Anyway, he also went on to say that you had nothing to worry about when it came to uh, privacy with uh, Google Street View. Pull back on that a little bit, too. Now he's come out with his nine rules for email. Now, to be honest, I've only glanced through the nine rules for email. I just assume there's something ridiculous here. (laughs) There may or may not be. We'll see how quickly we can uh, figure this out. But anyway, some of them are just common sense too. And I I really wish people would do this: respond quickly. Number one rule: respond quickly. You want to be known as the person who responds quickly because the more you respond quickly, the more email people will send you
2: because they trust you more, right?
3: And (laughs) the more they trust
1: you, the more you got to respond quickly.
2: So I'm like, no, I mean, I, I get that sometimes urgent things come in and you need to respond immediately. I know, I, I, for one, like this, you can't make a global rule like that. I know, I, for one, if a client emails and a prospect emails, I will answer the client first, even if it came in last. Right? <laughs> like, well, fair enough. The uh, client's bought your time. They've already, yeah, they're paying for it. They're the ones that keep the lights on. So you answer that first. Um, you know, and, and you know your, your own issues, so I, I find that a, a, an interesting one. Uh, okay, here's one.
1: When writing an email, every word matters. Useless prose doesn't. Uh, think of, he reminds us of El, Elmore Leonard's uh, great maximum on writing. Leave out the part people skip. <laughs> suggesting most emails are full of stuff that people, people skip. I, I'm going to agree with him here. Yeah, like that Tower High signature of not, you. Not yours necessarily, Dave, but the you Tower know High my, signature
2: you totally, totally is, and especially if it comes through in text format, it becomes a disaster. I know I need to work on that because it's an HTML one. Um, um, but I was not actually thinking of, of your Tower
1: High signature, but I've seen Tower High signatures out there, myself included, and let's face it, they kind of, you know, people don't read them. Well, no,
2: indeed. You know what? Uh, an interesting thing that alerted me to uh, to this fact is the signature that I use in my mobile, um, and it actually include like I just basically sign it myself and go. Pardon any shortness um, or typos because I'm on my phone. You know, I got big fat thumbs on an Android phone, um, and then I, you know, you look at the emails that you send on your phone. They're succinct. They're to the point. I've gotten my data across. They're not. And then you look at the length of one you'll do on your computer where you can type fast. And it's like, yeah, no, to his point. Clearly, you're putting in a bunch you don't need to if mm-hmm. your computer email is different than your phone. On a phone, you're getting it to the point because it's harder to type an email um, than, uh, than on your computer.
1: Here's the thing about a lot of people in the SEO industry. We think like engineers. When engineers are really smart at seeing patterns and, you know, finding uh, solving problems and putting things together or figuring out how to take them apart and put it back together again, right? Mm-hmm. We're not so <laughs> good at describing stuff. No. <laughs> we over-describe stuff because we feel we have to, because we feel we have to justify the explanation to begin with. Right. That's why you and me are so good on radio, huh? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah. Be really concise. That, actually, that makes sense. Eric, you got, you're, you're going two for two so far, Eric. We haven't really cooled you yet. Here's what I'm going to go after him for, though. Clean out your inbox constantly. Dave, how many, how many emails do you have in your inbox you haven't looked at yet?
2: Uh, none. No way, well, really? No, now two, because our show has started. Uh, you know what? I totally high-five him on this one. I support it. I use my inbox as my to-do. I have a total of 18 in there right now.
1: I have a total of four thousand one hundred <laughs> unopened, literally forty one hundred exactly unopened emails. And this is one of the ways I keep track. If it's forty one hundred and two, then I got a problem. <laughs> it's been this way for about three months, uh, about three weeks now. Fair enough, I guess. It would um, drive me up the walls. I'll be honest. Well, in, in in my defense, um, it was a lot of WordPress alerts that were keyed to come into this particular email box. I just haven't cleared out yet. Ah, fair enough Okay, So you can get that down to
2: like a thousand pretty easy By deleting all of those
1: Yeah, but who's got time for that? (laughs) Okay, so I'm the negligent one here Uh, You and Eric agree To keep keep your inbox cleaned up constantly I don't see how you can possibly do that It's like making the bed It's just going to get dirty It's going to get all messed up again anyway (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Um, what else do we got here? Handle email in L F I O order. Last in first out. Sometimes older stuff gets taken care of by someone else.
2: I, I, you know what? I do love the way he worded that. I I, I I do I don't agree. Sometimes you gotta step in, you know which or which. But I just loved his like, hey, if I've neglected it, somebody else might have stepped up and taken care of it. So hey, great.
1: <laughs> um it must be nice to have minions. That's all yeah. I could say about that one. Like, like thousands of them. Um, let's see. Remember, you are a router. When you get a note with useful information, consider out who else would find it useful. Oh, my God. Okay. Everybody except the American right wing, remember, you are a router. <laughs> <laughs> when you get a note with something useful, consider who else might find it useful. Like, you know, the one about Obama being a socialist, nobody else finds it useful. Um, so everybody except conspiracy theorists and uh, nutty folks, this might be a smart uh, rule. Oh, and my aunt, I don't want any more jokes. (laughs) Fair (laughs) enough, and nothing about cats. Nothing about cats, no good ever came (laughs) of sending an email involving cats. Okay, when you use BCC, ask yourself why, or more importantly, ask yourself who. Um, if you use BCC, blind, blind carbon copy, are you trying to hide something from people? Yeah. <laughs> is that counterproductive?
2: No. Uh, no, I think there's, there's times when that is a, a necessary thing. But, you know, I, I, I do get his point. Like, it is a good idea to ask yourself why. And I like to think that I do. Why am I doing this? Um, and I think there are times for it when you want to include, say, your lawyer in a conversation – um, but don't necessarily want it out in the open that you are doing that. Um, you know, I, I think there's times for it, but I, I don't know that, uh, you know, that they're necessarily as often as we might use it.
1: I mean, it's always so awkward. You're at a coffee shop, you're at a, like a, you know, a cocktail party or at an industry meet and greet or something and you're having this like, you know, really amazing connection with somebody and then you got to bring your lawyer into the conversation. <laughs> That's what GoPros are for. <laughs> <laughs> It saves you all that awkwardness of having to, like, you know, like, in, uh, introduce your lawyer and then, like, you know, do you do the Esquire or not? Like, that's always awkward, eh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Number seven. Don't yell. If you need to yell, do it in person. Do it like a boss. Do it like a bomber. It's far too easy to yell electronically, According again, according to uh, Mr. All Caps, uh, Eric Schmidt. Yep. I guess so, although, I mean, if you do got to yell, you don't probably need to do it in person, because nothing rational comes of that either. No. (laughs) Make it easy to follow up on requests. Uh, You know what, Dave, you got to follow through on this one, because my mind is going directions that the uh, clear channel people won't like.
2: You know what? I, I actually, I like his idea here. Uh, I do it. I, I, don't, is I uh, Because I use my inbox a lot as my to-do list, basically his advice is carbon copy yourself on something you need to follow up on or, or that you need, you know, that has action items for you uh, because then it's going to show up in your inbox again as something you need to do. Now, what'll be funny though is he's also said last in, first out. So that means you basically just carbon copied yourself on something. It's the last in, and you immediately need to follow up on it. So why not just get on it? But uh, I, I, which obviously isn't what he's getting at, but I, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a decent point. Um, send yourself reminders. You know, I use my, you know, I use my calendar and set reminders for myself all the time. I think Is another good form of it. Okay.
1: See, I read that all wrong. When I read follow up requests, it's like, well, you should see some of the requests I get. dear mr heger h-e-g-e-r i am representative of great company of great seo and ppc company if you clients want a great service please write me at i mean no no (laughs) help your your future self search for stuff if you get something you may want to recall later, forward it to yourself along with a few keywords that describe the content. Don't phrase a link unless no following it, or Google will never retrieve it for you. Oh, sorry, that was my <laughs> <laughs> um, So yeah, uh, his last point on, um, on how to use email properly is... Uh, if you're using a Google search, a Google-like email system, remember it as a search feature and include keywords. Because I mean, those NSA guys are—they're just pumping them through school faster and faster and faster, and they don't have the context to know how to search your emails properly.
2: Right. So be really clear for them. Yeah. And the advertising. Don't forget about that. I mean, they need to be able to pump better ads to you. That, that, that's absolutely true. And if
1: you can't get better ads in your email, then um, you won't know what to purchase um, for Christmas exactly. or for that Christmas party where you need apparel. You know what I'm talking about. I know exactly. Um, okay, I didn't, I didn't say that. Oh, hold it. This isn't, this isn't like a search conference. I can say what I want. didn't say a search conference. Um, okay, we're almost out of time. We're down to like the last couple seconds. I'm afraid to take on a new topic for fear that we'll be getting the electronic hook.
2: Uh, What do you think? What do we got? I think you're right. I'll just recommend uh, for all of our listeners, um, head over. There's a a great story from Bill Slosky. Well, not story. Great blog post by Bill Slosky over at SEO by the Sea. It's this recent one. Um, It's on a deep learning classification to fight web spam. Um, you know he he covers it well in the context of do we even need a Matt Cuts anymore? Right? I mean that's that's sort of we said. Oh, but Matt. Right. Uh, but it, it, it is a good question. Is the automated side of things? They they got some neat things they're doing technologically. Um, Bill covers them all for those who don't know. Sklossky covers patents super well. Knows more about them or has forgotten more about them than I'll ever know. Um, so highly recommended reading. And uh, head over to dot com.
1: Here's your scary trivia for the day. You ready? Mm-hmm. Mark Hamill is today older than Alex Guinness was in the original Star Wars. Wow. Okay. Okay.
2: <laughs> Don't you feel old now? I do. Yeah. Thanks, Jim. Aha!
1: Uh-huh! Mission accomplished! <laughs> Excellent! Okay, friends, we're on our way out. Uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. You've been listening to Web Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. There is some incredible content coming up on the... Uh, on the network PPC Playbook comes up right after us we got affiliate marketing today with James Martell coming up after that and again more amazing more amazing stuff than you can show with Shake a Server at on behalf of Dave from uh, again from (laughs) Digital Beanstalk SEO (laughs) Digital Always Media we'll talk to you next week